0: Welcome to Living Martial Arts with Master Ray Gale, aka The Dark Master. Living Martial Arts discuss and examines the everyday exercise, philosophy, and lifestyle of the martial arts enthusiast. The host talks about his own training, past and present,
1: and he also interviews many martial artists to discover how they continue to live their own martial arts journey. Tune in for top tips on how to get the best out of your martial art or perhaps you're thinking of starting a martial art, this podcast offers you an easy way to dip your toe in. Sign up for the newsletter at livingmartialarts.com and get regular updates and training tips direct to your inbox. Follow the Dark Master on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at livingmartialarts.
2: Hello and welcome to the um Living Martial Arts podcast with me, The Dark Master. I've got a very, very exciting uh, guest, um, someone that um I've been looking forward to uh, to talking to. And um it's a, a bit of a, a different perspective on some of the people I've talked to in the past, um, because he's got a, a very, very unique story. I've talking to Mr. Mark Hampton, he's a Hungar grandmaster, he has a deep, uh back rich background in movie stunt acting. And also produce producer action director at White Tiger Movie and Stunt Production. So hi Mark, how are you? Hi,
1: nice to talk to you. It's an honor to be on your show. You no, know, I I'm very happy. You no. Know?
2: Good. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you for, for, for doing this. As I said, you you got you got quite a, a unique uh I'm quite envious of your story, actually. <laughs> it's quite quite unique. So probably without without further ado, really, I'm gonna ask you to Perhaps uh, tell us a bit about your 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 martial arts journey, your background, and you know how you started, where you've been.
1: Okay, well, basically, like every kid in the UK, uh, uh, well, around our age in the seventies or whatever, I was born in 1962. Um, I got to know, of course, like everybody else, Bruce Lee through his yeah. movies in the seventies, you know, and that's why I got to like Chinese martial arts. Um, I started off typically like everybody else, judo, karate, uh, a little bit of taekwondo, and then moved on to Chinese martial arts. I couldn't quite find the teacher that I was looking for in the UK. Yes. So I gave up everything, and through a friend of mine, I moved to Malaysia to live with his family in Malaysia. And I studied Chinese martial arts in Malaysia. Um, I was about 18, going on 19 then. And uh, my friend's family owned a hotel. So I lived with them and I helped in the hotel. Sometimes I'd sign people in on the reception. Sometimes I'd work in the kitchen. And and sometimes behind the bar. So I'd do a little odd jobs, odd jobs, just to be able to live there and stay there. And they'd give me pocket money to go out and watch a, a movie or, or go and buy something from the shops, you know. So I was privileged to be able to uh, uh, be taken in by this family, you know. Mm. And by their hotel, there was a, a martial arts school, and it was a White Crane school.
2: So okay. I started
1: doing White Crane. And uh, one of the chefs in the restaurant came to me and said that. They were going to see a midnight movie that night and asked if i'd like to go with him so of course i said yes so i went to watch the movie with him and it was called mad monkey
0: okay and
1: the director was lao gala you know who also played the, the master in the film right. and i watched the movie and i was i was awestruck, you know this guy's martial arts were just unbelievable and i wanted to learn Monkey Fist, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: And I asked questions about who this guy was, his background, and people said, well, it's not uh, a traditional Monkey Fist master. He's a Hongga master. Okay. And he's a direct line. from Wang Fei-Hung. Wong fei is the character that that uh, Gordon Liu played, played in um, 36 Champions of Shaolin, or in America, they call it the master killer, you No." Know? Um, jackie chan played in the uh, drunken master one and drunken master two yeah. um and of course jet li played in once upon a time in china they're all based on a real character called uh, Fei Hung, which is a southern hero of chinese martial arts in fat south and guangdong see so he was direct lineage to him so i found out more about him and i decided then i wanted to learn fu. And I found a master in, in Malaysia. I was living in Johor Baru, which yeah. is just opposite the causeway from Singapore. So I found a master there uh, who was teaching Hong And a friend took me to introduce introduced me to him. And when I first saw him, I didn't really believe he was a Kung Fu master, you know, because he's so skinny, he was just like a pole, No. Yeah. know. Uh, and he was drunk. We in the car, co- he was in the coffee shop drinking Guinness and he was driving. <laughs> so he looked at me and he says, uh, What are you doing here? I said, uh, I want to learn Chinese martial arts. He says, No. He said, Chinese martial arts are for Chinese. He said, Westerners learn boxing. You go back to England and do boxing. <laughs> and I said, No. I said, I, I, I made a promise I would come here and learn Chinese martial arts. And I won't go back unless I learn them. Mm. And he looked at me and he says, uh, well, you're you're English, right? I said, yeah. He goes, English can drink. He goes, drink with me. (laughs) So we started drinking some beers and we got drunk. And then the coffee shop was closing. So I started to go home. And he said something to my friend in, in, in Cantonese. At that time, I didn't understand Chinese. So um, we went back to the hotel. I was on night shift on the reception for signing people in. And then in the morning, I went to sleep, woke up in the afternoon. My friend come to me, says, come on, we're going to that master's house. I said, why? I said, he doesn't want to teach me. You know, he said, no, no, come with me. Trust me. So we went back to his house. Yeah. And he looked at me and he says, I don't believe Westerners can learn Chinese Kung Fu. He said, it's too difficult for you. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you one week trial period. If you last a week, I will teach you. Sure. If you don't, then bye-bye. No. (laughs) And I was like, well, what have you got to teach me? Because I really didn't think he was a master of, of, of martial no. oh, yeah. art, And he started to demonstrate the Tiger and Crane form, which is one of the most famous forms of Hungar style. And my mouth just dropped open, my chin dropped to the floor. Right. And I was like... And I couldn't move. And he finished, <laughs> and he stood there looking, I was still standing there like... <laughs> I was like, wow. This is a, the first real master I've ever seen it doing Chinese martial arts. You no. Know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I said to him, "Okay,". it says, uh, "How much are you gonna charge me to learn?" And he smiled. He says, "Listen, if you can last a week, I will teach you for free. I won't take a penny." Yeah. Yeah. So I said, "Okay." So we started in Hong Kong. It's famous for its low stances and its iron forearm. Right. Yeah, yeah. So the first thing is get me in the low horse stance. And the light adjust it. And you have to stand there till it burn down, which takes about 30 minutes.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And he stood behind with a cane. And if I stood up, he would whack me on the leg. And he'd hit me so hard that welts would come up on the skin. Wow. Nasty. No. And to him, what he was trying to do is just get rid of me, have me not come back, have me so frightened that I wouldn't come back. And then if I fell on the floor, he would hit me, you know. So, you know, he did this for the first night and my legs were just swollen with welts. They were shaking. I was nearly in tears. Then after he did that, he had this bamboo pole. He'd gone and he'd gone and cut this bamboo from from the forest, and the bamboo was this thick. And he dried it out. He'd hollowed it out, and he'd put lead shot inside it to make it heavy.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And then yeah.
1: he hung it up. So this is where you're doing the the iron bridge half. So it's six inches from the outside and six inches from the inside of the wrist, and you'd hit it what they call three stars. I mean, one, two. Three and then one, two, three, and you do that to develop the, the hardness of the bone. Is it? And again, he'd stand there with this cane. And if I didn't hit it hard enough, he would hit me. <laughs> and by the end of the night, I couldn't walk, my legs were shaking, my hands were trembling, they were swollen, and they're all blue and black in color from yep. bruising. And he said to me, He says, Okay, you can leave now uh if you're brave enough to come back tomorrow come back tomorrow he said it's the same thing he said this is all you're going to be doing for a week yeah so the next day i came back and he did the same thing and it carried on for a week and on the eighth day i came back and he looked at me and he says you're back and i says yes i said this means you teach me for free right <laughs> and he just smiled and says okay so then he, you know i in Chinese Kung Fu, they they, they develop the, the what we call is the basic uh, conditioning. Yes, yeah. So you have to build up your basic conditioning, your basic strength. Without that, the Kung Fu movement just looks like dancing. Yes. No? So it will have no practical application. Whatever you do, it will look nice, but it, you won't be able to use it. So... Hmm. He spent six months just building up my strength and conditioning. Sure. You know? And then after that, then he started teaching me forms. And then he would teach me how to apply them and this. And this master, he left school when he was, I think, 14. Sure. Yeah, yeah. He had no education. <clears throat> he became a carpenter by trade. You know. And the only thing he knew was how to fight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he traveled around uh, Southeast Asia uh, competing uh, and, and demonstrating. and uh, had a name for himself. You know? So I studied with him for about two and a half, three years. Then um, I got into some trouble in Malaysia.
0: Mm.
1: I got stabbed in the femoral artery. Oh, wow. So, so the blood was spurt out about 20 30 feet, you yeah. know. Um, it was kind of like a gang fight. Uh, two police officers were killed, two CID were killed, they were rammed with a car, yeah. and yeah. uh, I think one person hung for it, you know, because yeah. they have the, the death penalty in Malaysia, you know. Yeah. Um, after that incident, I left malaysia and i went back to the uk and i opened up a kung fu school started teaching martial arts in the uk um but that instant i got stabbed three times where i stabbed one in the femoral artery on the right leg yeah uh, one on my left forearm and one in in my back on my left side which punctured my lung so my lung collapsed you know. Mm. so anyway I, I survived that i went back to the uk And I opened a school and started teaching. And I was in Coventry. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then then I moved from Coventry, I moved the school to Birmingham. Right. And I opened up a full time school in uh, New Street Station. Yeah, yeah, I know. uh, Above above the snooker hall. Yes, yeah. And the snooker hall is still there today. So the premises are still
2: there today. I, I I know, I know, well, I know, well, I used to spend a lot of time in Birmingham.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, and, and I used to teach a lot of the Chinese community, you know, so a lot of my students were Asian and a lot of black guys and a few white guys, you know, yeah, so, and yeah. Um, it was the first uh, uh, full-time Kung Fu school I had. It was over seven days a week. And uh, I also started working then as, as, as uh, like every, every other martial artist does a dormant and the nightclub and doing some body bodyguard work occasionally you know and i was doing some bodyguard work for a local chinese businessman who said to me you know he owned a restaurant and everything and one night after we finished work we're back at his restaurant and we're drinking xo yeah yeah and he said to me he says i know why you like chinese kung fu because of bruce lee and i said yeah kind of i said uh, I, I I found out what Chinese martial art was watching a Bruce Lee movie, and I respect Bruce Lee. He's done a lot to open up the the world for Chinese martial arts, but he's not my hero. Mm. And he said, "Well, who's your hero?" And I said, "This guy. This is Lao Galong. I've watched him in the movies many times, in Shaw Brothers and everything." And he, I know his background. I found out some his, and I learned Hong Kong because of him. And this guy is my hero. And he looked at me and he smiled. He goes, "That's that's the funny. You know why?" I said, "Why?" He goes, "Because he's the friend of his friend in Hong Kong." All right. <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, wow!" I said, "Can you introduce me? You know, uh, is there any chance for me to fly to Hong Kong and meet this guy, take some photos?" And then come back and put them in my kung fu school. You now, so he says, "Yeah, sure, let me make some calls." So he made some phone calls, and he said, "Okay, I've arranged it. When you want to go?" So I booked a flight and I flew straight out to Hong Kong, and uh, I got a meeting with him. And when I was in Malaysia, I was I was speaking Mandarin mixed with uh, Hokkien mixed with uh, Hainanese because. My adopted family in Malaysia were Hainanese. They're from Hainan Island. It's is a small tropical island south of China. So my, my my Chinese was mixed, but I didn't know Cantonese at that time. So I, I went to meet him at a film studio, and I said, you know, he's my hero, and I learned Hong Kong because of him. And he says, oh, you did? he says, demonstrate some Hong Kong for me. So I demonstrated a little bit of Hong Kong for him, and he looked at me, he goes, Oh, for the westerner, it's not bad. And then he said, Uh, okay. And he stood up and he walked out the office. And I was left there sitting by myself. And I was like, This is awkward. What's going on? You know? And a minute or two later, he came back, put his head through the door, and says, Are you not coming? And I was like, What, what? He goes, I'm going for dinner. I'm taking you for dinner okay so he took me for dinner and he said to me he says that in uh, november this was in 80 88 uh this was in june june or july 88 this was and he said that in november he's gonna start a new movie called aces go places part five he says if i'm interested he's got a part for me in it Okay." so i said wow i said yeah of course i said you're my hero no way i'm going to give up a chance to to do a movie on screen with my hero you know Mm. so he says well come back uh in november and he says i'll put you in my movie so i went back to, to the uk then i came back to hong kong i think in october and uh another friend in, that I'd met that time through, through, through some friends here, he introduced me to another guy. And I did another movie before the initial movie. And that was called Far uh, Sa Tin Si, Angel Killers. Okay. Uh, with, a, with a a woman called Moon Lee or Lei Choi Le Fong, And she was a very big action star in Hong Kong at that time. Yeah. And I did that movie and, I got to learn a little bit about how they choreograph action movies in Hong Kong and how you how you react in that. And then I went to do the movie I'd come back for, and uh, that was kind of amazing because, uh, you know, I was starstruck not by the movie stars themselves, but just by my hero. You know, I was a little bit disappointed with the so-called movie stars, the martial arts movie stars, because. You know, I found out working in a movie that it takes like 20, 30, 40, 50 takes to get that one action scene right. Yeah. Uh, and then the way they edit it, the way they the angle, the camera angle, they film it, so they make it look so beautiful and so strong and powerful. But in reality, when you see the stars in person doing their skills, they weren't that that that, that impressive. No. Yeah, yeah. But you know, with the director's advice and the, the camera angles and the editing and the stunt choreographer, fight action director, you know, choreographing everything. I mean it, it came out amazing. You know? yeah. um, so halfway through that movie, the director said to me, my hero said to me, uh, when we finish this movie, you're going back to the UK. I said, Yeah, I got a Kung Fu school there. He said, Well, why don't you stay in Hong Kong and follow me? And I looked around and the guy next to me had a phone and one of them uh, Motorola phones that looked like a brick. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. Big old phones. Yeah, so yeah. I said, Can I borrow your phone a minute? He says, Yeah. I was, I want to phone back to the UK. Is that OK. He said, Yeah, OK. So I called back to the UK and I called my students and I said that, Listen, I want you to do me a favor. And they said, What? I said, Close the school. I'm never coming back. (laughs) And that was it. No, uh, I never looked back. I I stayed in Hong Kong. No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And uh, I followed him uh, learning uh, movie action. Uh, I worked in over 60 movies in my time, you know, and 60 movies, probably two or three, I was the good guy. Oh, right. the The bad guy, you know. (laughs) I mean, being the bad guys is is fun to play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, and um, it's been an amazing journey, really, you know. Occasionally, I I travel around the world. I have students around the world. I have students in America, Sweden, France, of course, UK, Scotland, Ireland, uh, and, and Singapore, Malaysia, and in China. So I travel around teaching as well sometimes yeah. you know um so you know it, it's it's an exciting journey you know it took i mean i gave my life to martial arts yeah. i gave up well, i should say i gave up my life because i knew it in the uk yeah yeah To travel yeah. And learn martial arts and, and what i got out of it in return was so much more mm. opportunity to go into film and the opportunity to meet all these amazing people i've met in my lifetime. And work with uh this martial arts that give me this opportunity, you know. Uh, and now to me, I want to do the same. I want to give back. So I want to give back um either traditionally by teaching martial arts to others, yeah, or putting martial arts on film on the screen mm. for others to appreciate and hopefully, you know, uh, uh entice them to take up martial arts. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Well, I've I've got um, uh, while while we're on the film and and giving back to others, I mean, I, I've got a, a, a few students who, who actually are training to be um stunt actors, and um, they train with me, and obviously martial arts is one of their skills um, that they have to develop. So I don't know any any while, while we're on that because my while my mind is fresh, any any tips for them that might be uh,
1: helpful. Well, the thing is, it's your mindset yeah okay um we in in hong kong we've had a lot of people come over come over from around the world american or, or world champions
0: yes you
1: no know? and when it comes to reality of course being world champion some of the best in the world mm. you know but as a fighter the the mentality the way you think is completely different mm. when you fight you don't want to show emotion you don't want to show pain Yeah. There's only issue, you want no expression. Mm. And that that makes your opponent frightened because he feels like he can hit you as hard as he can and he can't hurt you.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's only after the fight finished, you go back and you go, that hurts, this hurts, that hurts, you know. But during the fight, you have no emotion, you have no expression. Yes. When you come into the movie industry, it doesn't matter how good your martial arts are. Nobody knows you your name is not going to sell a movie so you're going to get an extra part or you're going to get a stuntman part Mm, yeah and your job is to make the star look good all right so don't think oh this star can't fight for real you can therefore they should be looking at you no no what you have to do is you have to learn how to react how to express how to yeah. show emotion? No, because if somebody punch you and they hit you in the chest, you'll come forward and take the impact and you'll keep fighting. Yeah. You no, know? but now in the movie, when they hit the when they hit the, the top of the chest, you, your shoulder drop, ah, your expression come up, you show pain, ah, you go back. Yeah, and yeah. it makes it look like it hurts. Even though that guy hasn't got power. he show reaction that the the his power. sells his yeah. yeah. still, you no, know? yeah. so. As a stuntman, uh, as an action actor coming up in the ranks, you have to be able to sell the star's skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if you can do that, then they're going to want you to work more because you make these actors look good. Yeah. Yeah. And then the more you do, the longer the parts they give you the better the fight scenes they give you until eventually people know who you are and then your name's coming up and then you've gone from a stuntman to a a bit part actor to an action actor, uh, one of the main bad guys or the main bad guy and your career starts coming up. So it's just just, you have to realise that um, it's not how good you punch and kick, it's how good you react. Your reactions are... To other people hitting and kicking you, you know,
0: yeah.
1: and selling, selling it. Film is entertainment. Yes. Yeah. No. So all these things you learned about reality really have to be put to the side. Yeah. Okay. When you choreograph a fight scene for film, you want to make it so it is believable. Right. Yes. But at the same time, you want to. Uh, exaggerate the movements make them bigger make them wider so they're more visual sure sure yes so you are entertaining an audience now a real fight is not beautiful no (laughs) ugly and, and and it's over in seconds and it's violent no but you know uh it's one thing about my master's movies. You now, every every move he did, he didn't fight just for fighting's sake.
0: Yeah.
1: It'd be a storyline why they fought. And and he didn't like really killing everybody all the time. Yeah. No. You like to have the main bad guy, the antagonist, of trouble. the good guy was the weak guy. He studied martial arts. He was beat up by by the bad guy. Then he went away, found a master, developed his skills, come back and, and took revenge. But when, when he, he got to the point where he could beat the antagonist, he stopped. I said, listen, you know, fighting is not about violence. Mm. It's a way of life. It's about martial virtue. It's about honor and respect. And you, your ways are wrong. You should change them. And now you've took an enemy and you've made him a friend. Sure. You know, I mean, you could beat the guy you could, and then he's going to be any, your enemy for life. You could kill him and then his family are going to want to take revenge. Yeah. You no, know? and it, it's a, it's a kind of thing that never ends. Mm, sure. Yeah. So my master's films, you know, taught about respect and honour, you know, and, and and forgiveness, you know. But, developing the underdog developing his skills as such a uh, a journey that you hmm. followed as he went along that just blew your mind and he made he he made the the action believable you could see the power yeah yeah uh, but now nowadays they kind of lost that they tried to go for uh, uh the most beautiful movements but there's no power in it and, and people watch the movie, and they go, yeah, but that wouldn't work in real life. No, yeah, you know, and they kind of lose respect for that, the actor or, you know, things like that. So it's a, it's a fine balance you've got to find. You've got to keep it believable. You've got to show the power. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But you've got to exaggerate and entertain at the same time, you know. Yeah, yeah. No,
2: that, that's that's good. Cool. I mean, that that makes that makes sense to me. Everything you you said there makes complete sense. I was gonna, I was going to ask. You know, obviously you you were, uh, you know, passionate about being um, a a stunt actor, but you you went from uh, stunt actor to producer and action director. Was that a difficult transition? Was is it is it a transition that many people make, or is it you know, quite difficult?
1: Um, it's quite difficult. There's only a few Westerners that have come here and done that. Yeah. No. Um of course uh there's Brad Allen. Um he 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 was the action director on uh was it Shang? I forgot the name of the movie now. Yeah. Um he, he, yeah, I mean he, he followed Jackie Chan for a while. Right. Um and he did quite a few Western movies when he was the action director. Yeah. Unfortunately he died last year. Oh, Very right. young in yeah, his yeah. 40s. You no, know? and um, there's another guy from England called Mike Lambert.
2: Oh, yeah, I know, I know him well. I know I, I used to fight on the same team with him.
1: Yeah, uh, Taekwondo, Taekwondo yeah, yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, he, came, he came from to York. Hong Kong. And when he came to Hong Kong, I was the first person he came to see. Right.
2: I've been trying to talk to <laughs> him as well, by the way. So, Mikey, if you're listening to this, I need to talk to you. <laughs> anyway, go yeah. on.
1: Uh, I was the first person he came to see, and he asked me advice yes. of what he should do, yeah. how he should go about succeeding in Hong Kong. And I said to him, "Mike, I said it doesn't matter how good your martial arts are; learn the language." Yes. All right. So for the first one or two years he was here, he was a lifeguard. Okay. And all the time he sat. And that little chair above the swimming pool, he'd be writing down words in Chinese, and, and he learned Chinese. Yes, and yeah. his, his Cantonese is very good, you No. Know? And then from then he went into the film industry, and then he got he got close with some of the uh, stuntmen uh, who, who trained with him, uh, taught him action, taught him to do uh, gymnastics, somersaults, and things like that. Yeah. I even introduced him to his wife oh right okay oh yeah uh, his wife is ID so I introduced him to her no. mm. um so yeah you could say I, I was responsible for his career starting in Hong Kong and and Mike took it further than that because he went back to the UK because I think in the UK you have to be under 30 yeah to become a member of the stunt association in the UK. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. so he went back and he became a member of the Stunt Association in the UK. And then he started working and, and, and you know he's now an uh, action director.
2: Yes, yeah, you, said,
1: uh, film, you know? So I mean, <laughs> he, he's, he's one of the small amount of people who have came here uh, and gone on to do something better. You know? A lot of people come here and, and they do one or two movies. And then that's it. You they disappear. You never hear from them again. No. Well, I'm I'm, as, I'm
2: asking for a friend. Is there is there room for a 62 year old black guy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking for a friend, you know, because he may have some time on his hands.
1: That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, it depends on the scripts. It depends on uh locations where they're filming, the storyline. I mean, at the moment, I've got a few scripts because my daughter is 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 following my footsteps yes yeah yeah. um she did initially start training when she was five or six but in kindergarten she kicked some boys teeth out so i stopped her from training Um, but she came back to training when she was 14. okay Uh, and then she stopped uh, to go to university after she got a degree, then she started training again. Um and the performance martial art is really good, really beautiful. Mm. But she got this weird feeling in front of her because she wanted to she wanted to be a, a, an action star. Mm.
0: Yeah. But she
1: was so so frightened that if she became famous, people would say, Well, she could only fight on film. Mm. So she went into MMA. And uh, she became a local champion in Hong Kong.
0: Yeah.
1: And at that time, she was she. It wasn't there. Uh, there was no weight. Mm. Um. She fought a girl that was seventy six kg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was only fifty three kg. Yeah. Right. So it was like David and Goliath. Yeah, yeah. Um. But she won. Mm. She won the belt. No. Yeah, 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 and she got an offer by um, one of the uh, uh, MMA uh, organisations. I think it's called the One. Okay. Um, to fight in China, but then she's kind of balancing up whether she goes into a professional MMA career or she goes into movie career. Yeah, and I, I kind of said to her, I said, "Well, you know, you've proved that you can fight." Mm. No, she's had over 10 fights and she's won them all so she's proved she can fight um i said if you're going to go in for a professional career it's going to be a short career maybe five six years or more or Mm. less and then your fighting career is going to be over no i said but you're going into film it could go on in your 40s 50s 60s you know So, I mean, it depends on what you want. She said, well, she really wants to go into films. Well, take that path. So she signed a contract with um, Shaw Brothers, which did all the old Kung Fu films in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. She signed a five-year contract with them. And she's also signed a contract with TVB, which is the local television uh, network in Hong Kong. Wow. Yeah. And uh, she's done a, a few series on TV. Uh, she's again. She's she's always playing the bad guy. So <laughs> yeah. she's like bad. I mean, I know I want to follow you in your footsteps, but I'd like to play the good guy sometimes. You know. So, well, but the part she's playing is really explosive, and people are uh, recognizing her. And she's standing out. You know. So she's getting a good reputation. Yeah, that's um, good. Early on in her career.
2: That's 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 really good. Well, I, I wish you all the best. Talking about female martial artists, I actually. Um, I was over at um, Heel Chose World Championships. This is going back in 1984, um, and that was the first time I met um, Cynthia Rothrock, actually. Uh, and she, right. was, she was just trying to break. Well, she, she was just trying to get a break at that time, um, you know. And no. obviously went through to make the the China O'Brien uh, films. Did, did you have much uh, see her much in the Hong Kong industry there?
1: We worked together uh, on a film called City Cops. Okay, yeah, I remember that film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I was the. She was she was the. There was a Japanese girl that was the main bad girl, yeah. and she was a bodybuilder. She was in one of Jackie's films. Yeah. And I was her right hand bodyguard. Sure. So, you know, I mean, uh, I got to fight Cynthia quite a few times in that film. Yeah. 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 So, so, yeah, I, I've worked with her before. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Oh um just
2: um you know i was re- reading up uh a, a, a about you and uh obviously as a martial artist and you you know you, you've done some serious training i'm also noticed that uh on some of the stuff i read about you you've also had some serious uh injuries as well <laughs> um you know we we all we all myself i've, I've had a few um i've had a, a a hip um some hip work uh i did my, yeah. my shoulder not um as well at one time doing a doing some break falling um but uh, how are you? How are you now? How is it? Um, How's it mended? <laughs>
1: okay, I mean, I've had two different types of injuries. Yes. One when I was in Malaysia working as a bodyguard, mm. and I had twenty guys with uh, parangs. Parang is like a Malaysian version of a machete. Yes. Uh, Attack me. Um, This arm here, there's a hole in my shoulder because a piece of my flesh came out. Yeah. Cut from here to here, this arm was hanging off. This arm is cut twice across here. I have so many on my back. My leg was my left leg was cut twice straight through to the bone. Yeah. They tried to cut my head off, but I turned and then they got my side of my head here from there. Yeah, yeah. Um I took one guy's eye out. Because uh, uh, the guy come down with a machete like this and I went to the side and I went to a tiger claw and my thumb went in his eye and I just popped the eye out. And when I popped the eye out, the guy behind he went underneath my arm and that's where my arm was hanging down. Now, uh, I survived that. I ended up having 400 stitches or more, close to 500. Yeah, yeah. Now, put me back together again. Um, when I come out of hospital, I went back to the place it happened to show them I wasn't dead mm. and I wasn't scared. No. Um and I those injuries, they were I was lucky because even though there was that many people that attacked me, none of them knew really how to fight. Yeah, yeah. didn't really know how to use the weapons they had. They just had to, can I say this, the balls. Yeah, yeah. To chop someone or kill someone, you know. So they were just blindly cutting. Yeah. And all the cuts were on muscle. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, so as long as you get to hospital in time before you bleed out, yeah, you survive. No. I mean, just a small knife is more dangerous if it hits the heart or or the liver or spleen and everything. You know, it's more dangerous than these long knives. So long as you don't get cut. On, the, on your neck, your main arteries, you know, mm. uh, you can survive it, you No, know? yeah. So I survived that. But doing in the movie industry, doing all these crazy stunts, because in Hong Kong, we don't have any union. There's no uh, actor's union. There's, there's no this union. And there's no safety. Mm. Okay. When you watch a Hong Kong movie, you're not watching a Hong Kong movie because the story is good or the acting ability is great. You watch a Hong Kong movie to see the fighting. You see these crazy stunts that Jackie does, see? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, In in the States or in the West, you can't do that because you have safety officers and and, and they won't allow you to do things that are dangerous. You're going to injure the stuntmen or injure the actors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Here, stuntmen, you know, they're like human props. If one breaks down, you replace him with another one.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And and the more dangerous the stunt, the more exciting it becomes for the audience to watch. Yeah,
0: sure.
1: So we do all these crazy stunts. Now, here we don't use airbags. You do high falls. They use apple boxes.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Mattress on top. You know? And you just hope that, you know, (laughs) <laughs> uh, don't miss it or it holds you know yeah. and um i've had a few accidents uh i jumped from second floor broke my ankle they wouldn't let me go to hospital they said i had to finish the scene so yeah. i had to run because I, I, I was i was selling drugs i was a drug dealer i had a briefcase full of drugs and <laughs> i was in a restaurant on the second floor the police come in so i ran out jump off the balcony, land on the floor, run across the road. A car pulls up in front of me. I roll across the car, pull the guy out, sidekick him, get in the car and drive off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, uh, then I can go to hospital. So <laughs> when I when I jumped, I broke my ankle and they were like, well, you know, you've got to run to the cars. I can't run. It doesn't matter. You know, just hobble to the car, you No, know? they yeah. He said, just, you got hurt, never mind. So I, I kind of like limped to the car step into the road, the car stops and then I roll across the bonnet. So I we practice it and I roll across the front of the car and I broke my left ankle so I landed on my right foot. Opened the door, pulled the guy out so now he's on my left side. The camera's on the far side of ah, so I don't need to hit him. His body's here. I can kick to here. Yes, yeah. Without judging him. And the camera's behind. So long as he reacts and moves, when I kick, it looks like I hit him. So I said to him, I said, look, I said, whatever happens when I pull you out and I kick, don't step forward. Mm. He says, okay. So roll camera action. I roll over the front of the car, open the door, pull him out. I turned the kick, and he steps forward, and my foot hits. Oh, shit. (laughs) Tears started coming down my face. I was in that much pain. He went back. I just threw myself in the car and then just moved it off. And then, uh, you know, I said, can I go to hospital now? And they said, you don't need to go to hospital. We'll take you to a bone setter. (laughs) They took me to a bone set, traditional Chinese medicine bone setter. And he said that it wasn't broken. It was just badly sprained. All right, okay. So he bandaged it up for me. I took a month off. Then I I got other work and I went back to work. And it still hurt. So I just had to bandage it up tightly and just work through it. Mm. And I was fighting on it. I was doing other stunts, jumping jumping off buildings and this and that. And it wasn't until 20 years later. Uh it really started to hurt me. And it's my left ankle is like three times the size of my right one. So I was teaching scuba diving at the time because I was going to teach scuba diving. And one of my students is the top surgeon for sports medicine in Hong Kong. So he said, Well, you know, come and let me take a look. So he went and took a look and he took And so He goes, When did you break your ankle? And I says, I haven't broken it. He goes, Yes, you have. This is a long time ago. I said, well, this is the only thing that happened 20 years ago. Because, yeah, you broke it then. and Because you didn't get it seen to properly, it's reset by itself but deformed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I've been working, fighting, running on a broken ankle for over 20 years. Know? <laughs> but um, at the same time, I did a, a jump from a 4th floor building and I missed the, the apple boxes and Smash my hips. I've had both my hips replaced. Yeah. I've had my right knee replaced. My left knee's just going. So maybe early next year, I've got to do my left knee. You know, yeah. so, you know, I, I the injuries from reality, bodyguard, real fighting that I've recovered from 100%. I just have the scars to remind me of them. Yeah. Yeah. But the injuries from the stunts of like, uh, you know, Totally destroyed me to a point. But I mean, even saying that I'm I'm 61 years of age and with even with both hips replaced, I can still do the splits. Wow. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I mean it's not easy. Yeah. But I mean, I, I stopped stretching for 15 years. Mm. Yeah, yeah. When I when I first had my hip problems and had the operation done, I stopped stretching whatsoever. 15 years. And I was coming up to my 60th birthday. And I was thinking about the past. And I remember being on one movie set with a Canadian guy. And this guy had fantastic abs, you know. And he said to me, he says, when I'm 60 years old, I'm still going to have these abs. And I said, well, I'm 60 years old. I'm still going to be doing the splits. And it, it was about six months before my 60th birthday. And I thought. Shit, this is the first time I've said something that I might not be able to do. I said, No, I don't believe it. And I started pushing myself every day for six months. And I got the splits back. And the front splits are no problem. No, I mean, it's still hard work. It hurts. I mean, I have to psych myself up and I have to really push myself to do it. But I can do it. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the box splits and the side splits, I yeah. should do that really easy. But even that, I kind of like, I don't want to do that split anymore because with the hips replacing the hips, doing the front split, you're working the hip joint to its natural movement. Mm. But going sideways, I'm worried that they will come out the socket. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And um, but I I kind of believe that if I really put my mind to it, I could. Hmm. But it's just psychological thinking that this artificial joint yeah. could come out. You know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, it's 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 it's, it's a tough one. No. fantastic. I mean, it's fantastic stories. We're, we're coming towards the the end of this this podcast at the moment. But um, I was going to ask you about um. Uh, you know, within uh, your martial arts uh, about your, do, do you have any, at the moment, your, any diet regimes that you you follow or ways of, I don't want to call it a diet, but ways of eating, uh, and maybe also uh, commenting on some, um, the other side, some meditation uh, side of, uh, of martial arts?
1: Not really. I mean, the thing is, I was training on, on my peak. Mm. I was tra- training a minimum eight hours a day, mm. which allowed me to eat, Anything I wanted. Yes, yeah. Uh, and uh, I was a very strong drinker. Yeah. Now, every night, because in the movie industry, it's in the entertainment business, you see? And you have to be current. You have to be seen. Sure. So every night you go to nightclubs, every night you're socializing, you're drinking. And, and Chinese drink like crazy. You know and yeah. um, they have drinking games and all this and that's uh, so just xo whiskey you know
0: Very so nice. i
1: mean uh i used to drink a lot yeah. You know? yeah Um, but the thing is i used to train a lot as well so it didn't really bother me when i was younger um mm-hmm. except one one time uh would be 90 91 um I started working in a, in a karaoke bar yeah,
0: um
1: yeah. this was opened by two movie stars and it was frequented by movie stars and gangsters yeah yeah and the thing is when you work in security in, in Hong Kong it's different than working in security mm-hmm. in in western country so if you're working on the door in a western country and a guy might trouble you throw him out yeah. no. In the old days, just give them a slap and throw them out. You no, know? yeah. But everybody's here is like up to some triad organization. Yes, yeah. So if you slap the wrong person, you end up hundred people coming with with knives and that. You know, and and business is, is going to lose business. You know, so it's about socializing. It's about mixing with these people, giving them faith. You no. Know? And to do that, you're drinking with them all night, you know. And they ask to come and drink. You can't say no. You have to, okay, you drink them, you socialize with them. And then if one of their people make trouble, you go, hey, come on. We're always yeah. giving you face. You're giving me you some free drinks. You know, Um, your guy's now out of order. Well, mm-hmm. rein him in. Yeah. And then they end up slapping their own person. If you know, they slap their own people, who yeah. are they going to revenge to? There's no revenge coming back. And you can carry on doing business. So it's a different kind of mindset, you know.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. um So, but then I was drinking so much that I went because my usual weight was around 179 pounds. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I went to 200 pounds. Yeah. Because I was drunk every night, drinking beer, whiskey, exile, eating every night late snacks, chicken wing, and all this stuff. You know? So. Yeah. I, I went to Tuna pound, and then I got a call from a director and he says, oh, they're starting a the movie. He says, come to the office. They want me in the movie. Yeah. So I went to the office, the director looked at me and goes, you got fat. <laughs> he says, no, I don't want you. <laughs> so I quit working in the nightclub and then I yeah, got yeah. fit again. Yeah. Uh, and then, but at that time in my life, it was easy for me to lose weight. You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I could do it in like a few months. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you know, I didn't have any issue with that at all. Yeah, uh, so I didn't need to eat any uh diet or, or weigh my food or, or just eat protein, or yeah. Yeah, yeah. But now, now I'm in my 60s, and with my injuries, I can't work out to the yeah. extent that I used to work, yeah.
2: Sure. So now,
1: every so often, I go on a high carb, low carb,
2: yeah,
1: intense, you know, yeah.
2: sure. No, that's, that's, cool. that's um well well. listen um well, there's a number of things i i, I want to say here i have to we have to talk again because we've got so much to talk about <laughs> maybe two or three yeah. times uh that would be fan- fantastic
1: um, well, and, um i'll send you the link to my documentary i am the white tiger yes, and please. that basically tells my whole life story excellent oh, that, and, that. and i i re reenacted the, the scene when i got chopped up yeah, I, I got a student from America who looks—he's got blonde hair, looks a little bit like me when I was young. So yeah. I didn't pretend to be me, and yeah. I reenacted the whole thing, you know, the whole fight. Yeah. So I mean, I put that in the documentary, and uh, I mean, the documentary won thirty-three awards around the world. Yeah, Um because I, I quit, I, I quit the film industry for a while as well because of my injuries. Yeah, you know? but before my master died. Uh, He made me promise to come back into the industry. So to come back in the industry, I made a documentary about myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So, you know, and now. um, Talk about that and uh, I can look at that.
2: Uh, and so on but uh stay stay just stay on the on online once we stop this um because i, I just want to say i hope i hope that i'm sure my audience will have, have enjoyed that first uh first chat and a little bit about yourself absolutely fascinating um you know anything on from this podcast, any show notes we can and then you know we can perhaps do a, another one after that but i want to say a huge a huge thank you um it's it's been um inspirational and, and very very knowledgeable um anybody that wants to uh be in the um you know in the stunt industry or the um you know action movie industry should should listen and um you know take note of some of the things you said and maybe we can go on a bit more about that on our on our next podcast so I, I just want to say uh it's, it's, yeah, a huge thank you huge thank you thank, thank, thank you, you
1: very much for having me
2: thank you thank you